Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Heather McGee. And I'm Laura Koo. Today, we're getting ready to assemble the group chat. Welcome back, everybody. Before we get started, um, just a reminder that you can subscribe to our special series, The Thirst Trap, on Spotify or Apple. Um, It's $1.99 a month, and you get some bonus episodes. You get a discount for our shop, which is at thirstythepodcast.com. You can buy a t-shirt. Well, you can do it without subscribing, actually. You can go to thirstythepodcast.com, and you can buy a t-shirt or a mug or other thirsty gear, or you can become a subscriber, and then you get a discount. And as a reminder as well, um, please, if you're enjoying this content, rate us, review us, follow us on socials, and um, let us know if you're enjoying what you're listening to. All right, everyone. Today is super special for a couple of reasons. Firstly, I cannot believe today is our 50th episode of Thirsty. That's crazy. I can't even believe it. Seriously, like we started this a little bit over a year ago, and I would have never thought that it would have become what it's become. The things we've discussed, the things we've gotten into, the way it's grown, all the people we've met through this podcast, the connections we've made, listening to your stories. I just had no idea that this was the journey it was going to take, and it's really so wonderful, and I'm so thankful. We do want to thank you for spending your podcast listening time with us. I know there's a lot of options out there, so I'm so happy that many of you have found this as a place that resonates for you, where you've gotten something out of it. You know, we get a lot out of, you know, the messages we get from you all, so thank you for sending those. I can say it's truly been a gift to have this community around us, and I'm so glad to have you, and I hope you've had fun listening to. Secondly, we could not imagine a better way to spend this recording. And this wasn't even on purpose. We just realized that we were getting ready for this episode that today we are recording with our OG group chat, which includes, you've heard of her many times. It's our uh, friend, Kristen. She has a name. Her name is Kristen. (laughs) She's the one that we refer to as the buddy who is not allowed on the podcast because she's in love with her lobster. Well, that lobster lover is Kristen. So this is just the very best way to spend our 50th episode because it's, you know, this is just our OG group chat. So important to all of us. So I love it that that's how it worked out. The universe had our back on this front. Mm -hmm. The way this all started uh, is the three of us reconnected over divorce, you know, and about two and a half years ago, I would say we call our group chat, the OG group chat not to be duplicated or replicated at the same level. We um, actually all met funnily because we all used to write for a wedding website many (laughs) years ago. Um, And then we all got divorced in quick succession years later. So that's all we came. That's how we all came together, which I think is pretty funny. All right. So Kristen, you got divorced first out of the three of us. Yes. What was that that experience (laughs) like for you? It it probably should have happened sooner. It took me a really long time to realize that I needed to end the marriage. It's a hard thing to to come to terms with and to realize, I think sometimes your brain doesn't want to show you what you need to see when like the writing might be on the wall that it's not a healthy relationship and you need to leave the situation, but it's just very hard to, to come to that realization. And it's definitely took me longer than it should have, I think. But once, once I came to that realization, um, I was really grateful 
to be able to take the steps to, to end it and, and to, to start the divorce. But yeah, it probably should have happened a little sooner than it did. <laughs> How long have but you it, been divorced now? Like oh, three years, four years? Oh no, no. It's at least over almost five now. I mean, and that's the actual, the, it being final. So it's been, no, 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 that's not correct. So yeah, almost five years since I decided to end the marriage and almost, I think four and a half until it was final. I think that makes a little more sense, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been a long time. Yeah. It seems like forever ago, but I, I hope that because I was the first, I hope that I was able to be helpful to both of you, <laughs> you know, as you kind of came to that, those realizations for yourselves and had any questions or needed any support. I hope that I was able to help you guys through it as well. Once I had started it on my side. Well, what are some of the things you wish you would have known back then when you were getting divorced? That's a good question. I, I think I knew some things subconsciously. For example, um, I had been living out in Portland, Oregon, uh, really far away from all of my family and friends. And I had this kind of realization that I just, I had to come home. I had to come home. I could not live on the West Coast anymore. I could not, as much as I loved Portland and I loved my job there, I needed to come home. And it was before I let myself see what was happening. And I think subconsciously, I knew that I needed to be in my community. I needed to be with the people that are close to me and that would support me. It's like somehow my brain knew that before it knew that I needed to end the marriage. And that was really interesting. And I'm very grateful for it because I can't imagine, quite honestly, if I had gone through initiating the divorce and, and going through the divorce, being out on the West Coast so far from all of my family and friends, um, that would have been really, really, really difficult. So it's weird. It's like my my brain somehow new things I didn't know that I needed before I knew what was happening. <laughs> well, to kind of set the context here. So Kristen is from the Midwest area mm-hmm. and for work, she'd been living on the West coast and also to brag on Kristen a little bit. She is a badass in the <laughs> career department. And one of the ways she's a, a badass. She has, she's a color and materials designer and has helped design many things that hands down all of you have used at one point in your life, worked in sportswear, worked in automotive, all of those things. It's, it's really amazing to like hear, you know, once that you're able to talk about things in their public and they've been released, um, mm-hmm. listening to the work that you've done and how amazing it is, but you would move to the West coast for work. And then at a certain yeah. point realize you need to move back to the Midwest. And that happened before you got a divorce. So now you do have family yeah. support around you so that you're not just totally on your own. Yeah. It really is amazing that your brain won't let you see certain things, but then also will somehow put things in motion that you need without really making it clear why. Cause it was, it was a big deal to upper both of my kids and come back home. And, um, but, oh my God, I'm so thankful that I did because I really can't imagine having, having done it any other way. Yeah. Well, we've talked Mm -hmm. about this before, Laura, you know, a few times about when our hearts and our brains are maybe they're not caught up to each other at all times. Like sometimes your heart knows something your brain can't comprehend or your brain knows the right thing to do, but your heart's just not ready to actually do it. And it's kind of interesting to have that experience of things are not totally in alignment. And so sometimes you do, you make those choices, like you just feel compelled to like do something. Mm -hmm. You just know it's the right thing, even though it doesn't maybe totally make sense yet. And then later you understand what was going on. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. I'm so glad that 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 happened because yeah, I just, I needed, I think I needed to be home and I needed to be like with my people maybe to have enough courage 
even come to the realization that it needed to end, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One thing that has been interesting because Kristen, you and I, you know, our divorces weren't so far apart from each Mm other. Um, So we were going through a lot of similar things at the same time, but I started dating on dating apps and you never did that. And that's so not (laughs) fair because as we mentioned, you have your quote unquote lobster um, and part of your, your people, your community that you moved back to was kind Mm -hmm. of somebody very important to you. Yes. Yes, that is true. So, um, I did not happen to go on any dating apps. Um, I instead reconnected with my high school sweetheart who I also dated briefly in my early twenties. So technically we had had two rounds, one really long round and then a much shorter round, um, of dating. And now, now we are back together for round three. And again, like really grateful that everything aligned that that could even happen because as we all know at our like stage in life, a lot of people, there's a lot happening for everyone. People are in relationships or they're married or, um, you know, you never know if you'll be able, like if you had a person in your life that, that was a great love for you and you, you know, always wondered if you would be able to reconnect, what would the chances even be, you know, that they would be available or that it could work out. So, um, really, really grateful that we're able to date again. So you dated in high school. He was your high school sweetheart. Round Uh two, you dated in your (laughs) twenties. Round three, post-divorce, you've moved home. How did you guys Uh reconnect? How, I mean, to everyone out there, Kristen and her lobster are like just sick in love. Like it makes me sick barf all (laughs) over my face. They just love each other so much and it's just the cutest, but can you, how did you Mm -hmm. guys reconnect? How did that happen when you, this round three? So the interesting thing, it's actually kind of the same way that we initially first met, which is fun. I first met him when I was, I think it was the summer after ninth grade. We didn't start dating until we were juniors in high school. But when I first met him, um, I think it was the summer. And so I had a best, a really good friend in high school and he was best friends with Ron. And so we didn't go to the same high school, but we knew some people because the kids in his neighborhood all went to school with me. So his best friend, who was also one of my very good friends, um, we just ended up meeting because that friend would come around and, and Ron would be with him and they, they would like ride their bikes to my house and things like that. Um, so, you know, we didn't even have license yet or anything. And um, I would always want to check in on that friend. You know, this mutual friend of ours has had some hardships and some things that he's gone through. And I, Ron and I were still like Facebook friends this whole time. Obviously I was living all over the place. You know, I wasn't even living in the country for a while. And then I was out in Portland. Um, but we were always Facebook friends. So I could kind of see, you know, what his family was up to and things like that. Obviously I'm not stalking him or anything like that, but we were, you know, if something major had happened to a mutual friend of ours or someone in his family or my family, you know, we would probably would have communicated about it. And so, um, it came up that we, we were talking about this mutual friend of ours and, and just kind of making sure that things were okay with him um, cause he had some major things going on and that's how we started talking again. Like initially we were talking about all of that and then it just kind of snowballed from there to give you some context. So the second time that we dated, all it took was literally, I ran into him at a concert and that was, that was it. 
then we were dating again. It's like, you know, I hadn't seen him. Now that was round two when you reconnected. That was round two. So I'm, I'm just saying it doesn't take very much for us is what I'm trying to say. Like, <laughs> you know, this time around we were, we were discussing our friend a lot and making sure things were okay with him. But I, just for reference, the second time that we, we started dating, we just literally ran into each other in public one time. And for both of us, that was enough that things, you know, started up again. That's so, like a big magnetic pool for that to happen so quick. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like the times that you've broken up before that had to have been like, knowing that this has been such a, he's been a, a through line of your whole life. Like it must've yeah. been those breakups must've been, and I'm guessing here a little bit, maybe like, no, they weren't hurt at all, but I have to imagine they were kind of tough. Like for this type oh, yeah. of love in your life to have broken mm-hmm. up the other times before. Yeah. That had to have been the, tough the first to get over. one was really rough. Yeah. Absolutely terrible for both of us. Definitely. It was really hard. And, you know, we were young. I think it was like the first year of college for me. So we had started dating. We were friends. And then I think we had wanted to date that whole year. And then we actually finally started dating when we were juniors in high school. I think it was at the end of the first year of college that we broke up the first time. And it was, that was kind of your typical growing pains where it's such a time in your life where everything is changing and, and you're trying to, I don't know, explore and learn and grow and, and we just kind of were in different places. Hopefully we don't have a round three breakup. <laughs> oh, I don't think about. so. Hopefully this is it. But yeah, it, it's um, the first one was really, really awful for everybody. In fact, according to him, you know, anytime my name came up with his family, they'd just be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, that was rough. And thankfully, I think now that we've been dating for a long time, this third round, I think everyone kind of realizes that we're not going to be repeating that first terrible breakup. <laughs> so what are some, yeah, well, Laura and I sometimes have, at times like jokingly and lovingly have given Kristen the business because we would be sharing our like dumpster fire dating stories from apps with Kristen and Kristen would be like, well, and we'd be like, whatever, Kristen, you never had to do this. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and Kristen would be like, okay. <laughs> yes. So what mm. you you told us the cutest little story about an interview that Ron actually gave mm-hmm. in high school about the yeah. perfect girl. Can you share so that cute. story with us? Oh my gosh, that was the best. Um, so Ron, you know, at his school again, we went to different schools. We went to, I went to a public school. He was at a private school, and at his school, they had this newspaper and they interviewed him. I think it was for like the Valentine's Day edition of the school paper. This was our senior year, and and so he's. <laughs> you know, answering all of these questions and, um, describing his quote unquote perfect girl. And, you know, he's describing like someone who has various hair colors because they're constantly experimenting and, and the soles of the, her converse have like holes in the bottom where they're worn through. And she's got a, a, a sticker on the back of her car. It's slightly crooked, <laughs> like, you know, all of these random quirks that are of course describing me um his girlfriend but it was it was so sweet because it was all I don't know things that certain people would maybe see as a negative or or things that people wouldn't notice at all and and those were the things that he really loved about me and um and it was very sweet and every so often you know in my mom's basement I had storage bins full of all of my like pictures and negatives from film and you know yearbooks and what what have you. And every once in a while, when I would be down there through the years, I would be going through stuff and looking through pictures. I would always find that because I had a copy of it and I would just like cry because <laughs> it was oh. like so sweet. And I'm like, oh, he really loved me for who I am. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Super, super sweet, which was a, a big contrast to 
how I felt my marriage was where I felt like in my marriage, you know, anything that was quirky or individual about me was, was trying to be erased or stamped out, you know? And I was like, I just felt like I was being made to be completely invisible or like I couldn't have an identity or be myself. And so, you know, knowing that he really loved me for even these things that were just, you know, strange or random. It was, it was so sweet to see that. What Mm -hmm. are some of the things you love about Ron? Oh my God. (laughs) Well, he's obsessed with music and so am I. And and that was definitely one way we really connected when we were friends and even our mutual friend. The reason why I became friends with his, his best friend was because the first day of high school, you know, we were strangers to each other and I saw his, he had a band shirt on a band that I liked and, you know, we started talking and that's how we like connected. And, um, Ron and I were both really into music and really into going to concerts, playing music. He taught me how to play guitar in high school. I, I had already learned how to play piano. Um, but you know, he, he took me to get my first guitar and like put the strings on it for me and showed me how to play and all this stuff. And, um, you know, that's something that we just enjoy so much together. Um, and I loved his passion for both listening to music and talking about music and playing music. And that's something still that like, I just love about him. Y'all Ron and Kristen, they have like jam sessions together and they like play music <laughs> together and it makes me sick. It's so cute. <laughs> it's really fun. I, I'm, I can't tell you how again, just how happy and grateful I am that we have another round to be together and we have a chance to do this. And in some ways it feels like I'm back in high school because, you know, all of those interests that I had when we were dating the first time and things that were just so dear to me. And again, things that I felt kind of got stamped or attempted to be stamped out of me um, as an adult, his love for life is, is almost, I don't know. I don't know how to, to put it. He's just, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of speechless on that one. I don't know how to put it into words. I'm just really glad that I can be back. We always kind of felt like what we had going on together, it kind of just felt like this cocoon of like happiness, you know, where we would just be in our little cocoon and we would just be so like happy and and comfortable. And he's the best. (laughs) Do you have any regrets about breaking up in the past? He has a saying now, you know, that like, we're just not allowed to do that. Like if, if something's bothering you, you know, you have to bring it up. We have to talk about it. Cause we're not, we're not going through that again. Now of the three of us, you win for the longest, healthiest relationship. Because <laughs> <laughs> there is, is a competition. <laughs> <laughs> that is very clear. Um, so uh, while Heather and I, so like, you know, we talk a lot, obviously in, in this space on the podcast about, or, kind of these topics. And again, the idea of getting married again, or living with someone or things like that, or something that like maybe Heather and I can throw around, but like, it's not really in front of us to make those choices right now. Whereas like, you know, Kristen, you and Ron not only have been together this round for so many years, but you've known each other for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, How, how do you see that happening? Because you guys never made it to getting <laughs> married before. Um, uh-huh. you know, do you see yourself getting married to him? Do you see yourself living with him? Because right now you guys are separate in that way. Yeah. So this is the very interesting thing is um, we we live very close to one another. We're like pretty much a 12 minute, 10 to 12 minute drive. Basically um, my dream. Okay. Continue. Yeah. 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 It's, it's got very <laughs> lovely. Um, <laughs> it's the life Laura wants. <laughs> yeah. And honest, honestly, you guys, I was worried 
I knew, I knew about this proximity, you know, before my divorce. And I was like, oh my God, I hope I don't run into him in the grocery store or like, see I'm going to fall on his face and make out. <laughs> well, I told you what happened the second time. <laughs> you know, it's like, we ran into each other one time randomly and then we're back together. And I'm like, oh my God, that would, I was like, he's, he's around here somewhere. Hopefully we're not going to just randomly see each other. It sounds terrible, but it's the truth. And um, so anyway, yeah, we, we do have kind of an unusual situation there. We're very committed to one another and we're very happy, um, but we don't have any plans on blending households or moving in together or anything like that anytime soon. In fact, we were just talking about this last night too, which is funny because um, every once in a while it'll kind of come up. But yeah, he... <laughs> He likes his space. He's kind of um, particular about where things are and how clean they are and things like that. And, um, you know, we all know with kids our age that cleaning with kids is like brushing your teeth and eating Oreos at the same time. Like, you know, I have these kids, my house is kind of chaos all the time with the Legos and the Barbies. And, um, and also for my kids, you know, I don't, I just don't want anyone moving into my house, even someone that I completely trust and, and love and know is fine. It's like on the, on the flip side with their dad, they had a situation where, you know, someone they didn't know very well moved in quickly and that was really hard for them. And I, I want to keep things kind of stable and calm. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any desire for him to move in here and he doesn't have any desire to move in here either because he's a very happy, you know, at his house with all the things arranged the way he likes them and everything being in its place. Um, we're both very independent and, um, and yeah, and, and we joke, we're like at some point, you know, things would merge more someday at some point. It is not anytime soon. I can tell you that <laughs> it's not going to be anytime soon. The thing that's good about it is that when we do see each other, which of course is, is very often and regular, but when we see each other, it's, it's like our dedicated time. You know, there aren't any distractions typically, like we know this is like the time we can be together. And so we're really focused on that. And I think I always have a fear and I I wonder if, if other people do as well as once you do have a situation, whether it's a marriage or whatever, I think, especially with kids and you feel like you're just roommates, can you live with someone and not want to murder them <laughs> you know, because they're, they're like driving you crazy or whatever, you know, I mean, that's an extreme way to say it, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is that even possible? Well, Kristen, you were the first person I'd heard of that like challenged my idea of like, wait, I, I don't have to get remarried. I don't have to yeah. live with someone like, and I think coming out of divorce is so easy to just make the assumptions like, okay, I just, I need to get married again. I need to find another life partner. I need to live with them. Mm-hmm. And you were the first person I met that was like, uh-uh, no way. <laughs> That's not happening. And you're really happy. And it really made me, mm-hmm. it actually like, that's something I learned from you. Wait, what do I want? You know, and really challenging the idea of what you have to do because you're supposed to want that. And I'm like, now I think my dream is like, I mean, I, I'm the kind of person I do fall in love. I probably am likely to find a life, you know, that, that, that's my track history. So mm-hmm. going off of that, I probably will find someone I really want to invest in deeply. But now my dream is that they could be my neighbor or live across the street yeah. and we'll have a tunnel connecting our houses. Wait, yes. I thought we were going to do that. Well, you didn't, the house next <laughs> to me is for sale and you said no. Okay. So 
I, I gave up on my dream of Laura being my platonic life partner with a tunnel between our houses. And there was going to be a margarita machine in the tunnel right in the middle for us to share custody of. Mm, that does sound lovely. Yeah, I did like propose to- that to you, Chris, uh, Laura. Sorry, now I'm getting mixed up between the three of us. Who's who? <laughs> I think Tim Burton had that when he was married. Um, one of his wives, they had like a, a separate wing. Each of them had a separate wing in the house. People do um, that and yeah, they're really yeah. happy that way. Oh, it yeah. sounds great. I can see it. Sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it helps. It's so funny because again, we literally were talking about this last night, Ron and I, and it's like, we're both like so happy that we're equal. We're on the same page. You know, we're both happy in our own spaces. Well, it really does challenge those assumptions. Like we've all heard it. And now like anytime I hear this, my radar goes off like, mm, I don't know where mm-hmm. people will tell there's, you know, like well, we've decided not to live together or, you know, this is the choice we've made for our relationship and it works for us. There's always that one person that's got to say, well, I think if you had a good relationship, you would feel this way. It's like, get out of here. That's not true. People are Mm -hmm. getting better and better at like deciding what's right for them, what makes them happy and and doing that instead of whatever they were supposed to do, quotation marks. Yeah. But that always drives me nuts whenever someone's like, well, this is what we do. Like there've been times like, you know, we have, we live in Chicago, so people live all kinds of different ways. And it's, I love living here because of that. We're more likely to see that than when I was growing up in Texas, like people that are in my life that have open relationships or they have relationships that are maybe a little bit, um, different from average, I would say. And there's, there have been times where like new people have been in the group and then they'll challenge them and say things like that. Well, like, well, I think if your relationship was better, maybe you wouldn't want to do that. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Stop. You know, people are getting so much better at figuring out what works for them. You know, maybe you're not a marriage person. Maybe, you know, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to live with a person again. I don't know. I'm not saying, Mm -hmm. but like, it's possible I may not want to do that. And I never would have said those things years ago. And really, Kristen, you were the first person to open my mind (laughs) to that, that it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. Like you really Mm -hmm. can figure out what works for you and be happy. And you and Ron are so happy doing it Mm -hmm. the way you are. Yeah, it's, it's been really awesome and then just what what are kind of like to wrap things up with uh the lobster discussion who we are so happy for you and I can't believe I've never met Ron Laura have you met Ron no 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 hopefully soon we need to fix that I know well I mean it'll be like we've heard so much about you Ron and we love you so much and be like wow who are you (laughs) (laughs) what but what are some of them what are some of the things you've learned from your relationship with Ron that boundaries are good, really good to have boundaries. Cause I think, you know, in high, especially us, because in high school, you know, it's, it's that like young love all in everything's crazy. Like let's spend as much time as we possibly can together in our twenties, you know, that could have easily happened. Again, I, I talk about this cocoon and with him, it's like, I could see just going into the cocoon, never wanting to come back out. You know what I mean? Like we just wanted to, to be, together and um now having kids and and work is crazy and all these things it's like I needed to have boundaries in the beginning when we got back together I think I was spending you know every waking moment I could with him and it was glorious of course but then you know things weren't getting done at home that needed to get done and and I was becoming stressed out because I couldn't focus on um things that I needed to do and you know I wanted I love love going to the gym and doing different things and 
So I kind of had to come up with a formula of when I spend time with him, when I don't have the kids, you know, like I can spend a night with him. And then the next night is like my gym time, my time to clean, do any errands that I have to do, things like that. And so, you know, it was, it was really important for me to have those boundaries so that I could feel like we had our time together, but I wasn't ignoring things that had to be going on in my personal life that were going to pile and pile and then make me really stressed out. All right. So Kristen and Laura reconnected first because you both got divorced mm-hmm. before me. I was the baby divorcee. Laura, how did you, how did you two reconnect? How, Cause I don't even know this story actually. Cause I came in so late, so I wasn't here for it. I would like to say that Kristen and I are the OG OG group chat because we started first. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Kristen, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like mm-hmm. we had so many parallels mm-hmm. in like our, our life. And I would say that you are the better yeah. friends. I feel like you always stayed connected with me or reached out. I'm not, I'm not good at that. I feel like you're very good at that. So we were married around the same time. We mm-hmm. were pregnant both times around similar time frames, especially with our yeah. first was. Yeah. Just a couple of days apart. They were born one yeah. or two days. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was in the hospital with my first and then I found out that you went into the hospital with your first and you, cause you went early. And so Mm -hmm. it was like a huge surprise. They were almost born on the same day. Yeah. Um, And I feel like we talked a lot during those pregnancies and Mm -hmm. cause again, it was all on the same time frame. And then honestly, like, I don't think I would assume that we kind of like loosely kept in contact, but not closely. But I remember when you were starting to figure some stuff out with your marriage and you reached Mm -hmm. out and we talked on the phone and um you shared what was going on and then not long after that I had I mean you were the probably the reason that I realized what I needed to realize about my marriage because I saw what you were figuring Mm -hmm. out and then I was like oh that all feels familiar I mean different but familiar and so my divorce process started not long after yours and I think around that time I mean you and I have talked basically every day since then yeah yep it's true and I didn't have, I didn't have anybody locally who was divorced. And so, because you were doing the same thing at the same time, like you were my person of, you know, cause we were figuring out stuff with lawyers mm-hmm. and parenting plans and like all of this stuff um, at the same time. And then obviously we diverted. Cause you're like, do you have an ex-boyfriend you could reconnect with? I'm like, no, Kristen, I don't have anybody <laughs> that I dated before that I can date again. I have to go on dating apps. that's what it is and I think I joined Bumble because you told me Kristen that Bumble was but somebody must have told you that Bumble was good so then I went on Bumble and oh that's so funny (laughs) that's how it started yeah no we go way 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 back with all of this um and then I saw that Heather had made some life changes and reached out and then all three of us got connected again, which mm-hmm. was great. Cause obviously we all, like you said, we all have known each other for a long time, but yeah. um, you know, not like this different. <laughs> yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I will say we all had great weddings. Um, it, yeah. you know, the weddings were great. <laughs> I went to Laura's wedding. It was so much fun. We had a great wedding. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah you I were there too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. I was like, who was there? And Chris, yeah. I was there. 
yeah, that was, so, that was so fun. Funny story because Kristen, you and I had not met in person before that Heather, because mm-hmm. we were both in Chicago. We'd met many times before my wedding. And I remember coming out of the church after my ceremony and everyone's waiting for you and they're cheering or whatever. And I remember seeing you, Kristen, be like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. Because that was like, the first time I'd ever <laughs> talked to you in person. Yeah. That's so hilarious. Funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think I do remember too. It's kind of funny how you can pick up on cues because the way Laura knew something was going on with me is I, I just posted a picture of like coffee in my kitchen and Laura had been to my old house and she knew what my kitchen looked like. And I think your message was, Oh my gosh, did you redo your kitchen? <laughs> well, I've no. seen your bathroom renovation. So I was really excited to see what you had done with your kitchen. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. yeah, I renovated. It was a new location. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was like, no, I moved. I'm getting a divorce. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah. I mean, I feel like our, our group chat is like a nice constant, like piece for all of us during the day, which is really great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think we've talked like pretty much all day, every day, at least for me, since I left my marriage and then you all for much longer than that. Thank you, mm-hmm. Facebook Messenger, for having such an easy way to keep up with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Little plug for Facebook there. Um, well, what are some of the ways having our friendship has been good for everyone? Like, what? A, how has it been helpful besides the fact that it's fun? I just feel like any, no matter what's going on, if I'm like super excited about something, you know, or if, if I'm struggling with something, um, you know, I, I can come to you guys and I'm either like, woohoo, and you're woohoo, or, or it's like, oh no, you know, there's a squirrel in my wall or whatever it may be going on. It's like, oh, yeah. Exactly. Kristen had no. squirrel gate. She had a squirrel take up residence in one of her walls and it was a whole week and there were minute by minute updates and it was very stressful for all of us. Stressful. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah like, does this sound like a squirrel to you? Like, you know, I'm going to send you a send you a video. Of the noises coming from my wall and different things. I don't know. No, it just no matter what's going on. And of course, with all of us, we have like really happy times. Then we have stressful times, and and it's just nice to be there for each other. Either either which way, whatever's going on, you know. Yeah, and I feel like we share. I mean, we talk obviously like there's the the core piece that ties us as far as like the divorce piece and that and having ex-husbands and navigating those waters and all that but we talk about our careers and our kids and our you know gym triumphs and other things that we have going on like we know all of the ins and outs and details and all of that good stuff um but I feel like that helps us also support each other in a big way because we know full circle everything that's going on and that makes you more likely to share what's going on like I share stuff in our chat that most people in my daily life don't know that's Mm -hmm. going on yeah I think for me it's two big things which hopefully I have a real bad habit of announcing I have two things and then forgetting by the time we get to the second one I forget what it is so let's cross our fingers for today that today will be different (laughs) firstly I, I think one thing that's been really helpful about having our friendship you know we have so much in common you know having been through divorce and we're all moms and navigating dating well Kristen, you did not have to navigate dating apps, but aside from that, um, you know, I, I think a big part of that was finding out, wait, I'm not a huge mess. Cause I think after divorce, it, it's so common to feel like you're just a huge failure. You're a big mess. You just don't know what you're doing. You don't know what's going on. You're ridiculous. And you're so hard on yourself because things mm-hmm. are really hard and messy. And like, you just feel like you're failing at everything. 
And having our friendship, you two were the first to say, this is normal, Heather. This is normal. You're you're crafting an entirely new life. Like, what did you think it was going to be? Like, you just slide right in with no issues? It's not how it works. And part of figuring it out is this messy time. This is normal. And that really was helpful to me because I was so hard on myself. And so finding out that like that period of grief and healing and struggling, that that is actually very normal. And there's nothing wrong with you to be having a hard time. And that was the message I was getting from a lot of my married friends. Like, wow, Heather, you're such a mess. And y'all were like, don't listen to them. They're wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and I just didn't know. And I wouldn't have known if I hadn't had y'all. So I'm so thankful for that. Sweet Jesus. I forgot what the second thing is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. Okay. The second thing is, is that, um, I think, and this is really personal to who you two are as people. And I fit into that too, is you are totally candid. Like, I don't think any of us have any fears about saying, well, have you thought about it from this perspective? You know, like you're not those people that to just go right along, like with whatever someone's Mm -hmm. thinking. And then like privately, you're like, I don't know about that. Like you will say it, you will say it like, well, I'm not sure you know, you do you, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but just got to say out loud, you know, have you thought about this, which I really appreciate. Cause I think with some friendships that I have had over my life, I'm like, is that really what you think? Or are you just like, you know, are you just like not actually saying what you really want to say? And what I really appreciate about you all is that I feel like whatever you have to say is really what you think. And I appreciate, um, I mean, I appreciate that in any friendship, but I especially appreciate it from you all. Yeah. I'm so proud. I remembered the second thing. It was real close there. That was a nail biter that could have gone the wrong way. All right. So sometimes we take it from the group chat and to the streets and we have taken some fathers. We've taken some trips and we've done that over Father's Day. Um, Does anybody here remember how and why we started taking these trips. I know why, but like, I don't remember how it came about. Anybody? Well, I think we realized we were all going to be the first, the first, the first time we did it. We've done this a few, uh, two or three times now, two twice maybe, but I think we were all talking about Father's Day weekend and realized, so we, Laura and I had the same, uh, mostly the same weekend schedule with parenting. Kristen is off from ours, offset mm-hmm. by one, but by magic, one year we realized that we were all kidless on Father's Day weekend. So we're like, well, we should go on a trip. That sounds hilarious and very fun. And we'll make it like an annual Father's Day weekend trip, but it's just us. There's no dads involved. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that we even do Father's Day brunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's been a delight. It's been so fun. Yes. And it's just nice to actually like, I mean, Heather and I see each other in person quite a bit because we are local, but Kristen, since you are not local to us, it's nice to actually like see you in person and get mm-hmm. to talk to you and not just text you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where are some of the places we've been? Nashville was first. Uh, and then Austin. Austin. Uh-huh. So fun. Both places were super fun. We have one rule. There's got to be stuff to do, good food to eat in a rooftop pool. Like mm-hmm. we won't even consider a place where a rooftop pool is not an option. And delicious drinks also. Yes. Margaritas. Yes. yes. There are a yeah. lot of margaritas in Austin, as I recall. Cool. So. Yes. <laughs> Hilarious. 
Now there's such a, there's always such a focus. This is something Lauren, I actually talked about very recently on episode that usually right when you get divorced, you're just like running right in trying to replace that romantic partner that you lost. you know, and a big lesson I know that I learned was like, oh wait, this impacts everything, you know, friendships, my career, like all kinds of other things. I just never anticipated. Mm -hmm. And so there's such a focus on dating right after divorce rather than friendships and community with other women. Were, you know, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Did you, were you surprised to learn anything on that front? What are your thoughts there? I think for me, um, you know, I was able to reconnect more with my, my female friends, um, both with you and, and my friends here local to me. Um, because again, I was, I was kind of coming out of a situation where it was frowned upon for me to reach out to people or, or really like have the time to connect. Um, you know, I felt very stifled, um, in that area of my life. Like it wasn't appropriate for me to reach out. I just guess I felt a little isolated. So to be able to have that freedom to really connect with, with my friends, um, and my family and everything was, was huge. And, and even having, it's, it's true that, that if you don't have full custody of the kids and the kids are, are shared between you and the other parent, um, you, you do have more time, physical time to be able to, to connect with people. Um, cause it can get pretty crazy if you're with the kids all of the time and it's hard to make those relationships a priority. Yeah. I would say that, um, I kind of hopped for my marriage to a relationship. So I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, building friendships and relationships outside of it. I was so focused on that one relationship. And it has really been since that ended a couple of years ago of getting to do all of these. I mean, again, like having y'all on a, a group chat is so great and so helpful, but that's definitely different than in-person relationships and fostering mm -hmm. those because those take time and effort to grow versus, you know, we can message at any point in any time. It, it's just different, right? So actually focusing on building in-person relationships and having that network um, has been, you know, something I'm happy that I've spent the last couple of years more focused on because, but again, you kind of have to go through that cycle of you're really focused on that romantic piece and it's hard to take that step back and realize all of the other relationships that you need in your life. Yeah. I mean, I know I was, I feel so lucky to have had you all, especially, you know, when I was getting divorced and then also just in my life as friends, you know, also in the fun times, you know, it does, it's not just in the bad times. I'm so thankful for that. And something that I was kind of surprised to learn, I feel dumb for saying this out loud. I will say not everybody has a community or friends to mm -hmm. lean on when they're going through divorce. Actually, yeah. I've met a lot of women that, you know, I've made friends with and they're like, wow, I've never had this. I've mm -hmm. never had friends with that had also been through divorce that are also trying to navigate dating. And I was like, what? You don't have your own like group. Like we have our group chat. I figured, you know, people find each other, you know, and, and they make that happen. But it's really true that a lot of people do not have that. And so Laura and I have talked about this quite a bit. Like anytime I know for, we're on the same page and Kristen, you are so friendly and social. Kristen is like the friendliest person you will ever meet. She, of the three of us, she is the nicest. She is the biggest optimist. She is the most involved mother. 
like all kinds of things. Like we'll be making our kids cereal for dinner. And Kristen has made this like <laughs> delicious, healthy dinner full of vegetables. And we're like, okay, Kristen. Vegetables that she grew in her garden. Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot that part. Elf on the shelf is off the chain. Like I just, I, I, we cannot keep, we cannot compete with Kristen's level of many things. But it it did. It, it it was shocking to me to realize not everybody has those friendships in that community to lean on. And now when I meet someone that's going through a divorce, I do feel a responsibility to be like, okay, you can call me anytime, text me anytime. Because I now I'm learning a lot of people don't have that. And it has been such a blessing to me to have all of you all. Wow, that's my evangelical roots coming out. You know, and just not everybody has that. So I'm so thankful. And now I encourage everyone like find e- help find each other, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's just made such a difference for me. Yeah. So uh, as we think about group chat, something <laughs> I was thinking about um, was the difference of having three people versus two people in, or, you know, more than two, like two was nice. Kristen, I loved it. It was so great. Um, but I will say, I don't know if you all like think about these things, but something that I've noticed, you know, when, uh, especially when Heather and I were going on a lot of first dates, one person's out and there are always two people left to like to make sure and to talk about it and how's it going and have they checked in. And like, I feel like there's always in any situation, somebody around to hold down the fort. So if somebody's having a rough time or they need someone, there's usually at least one of us who is available to, you know, be a support system or talk through things or, you know, talk about the squirrels or whatever is happening. Like, <laughs> There's a nice uh-huh. piece of having numbers there and having, you know, again, I feel like Kristen, you know, you and I had to rely on each other so, so much because, mm-hmm. It was just us and that gym. We, again, we talked so much, but it's been nice, Heather, welcoming you in the past couple of years, because I do think it is, I mean, we get different perspectives, but there mm-hmm. is also just that, again, somebody's always, I always in my head, I'm like, all right, who's on call tonight? Like something's going on, <laughs> who's available, what's going on so that we always have someone. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah, that's for sure. That is very true. And it's also, you know, we have a joke too, that Laura would go on dates and somehow she would always forget to bathroom update us quite often. And so Kristen and I would be like, Laura, (laughs) where are you? And she would be like, I'm trying to have a date here. Leave me alone. I'm not dead. Stop it. I try. don't do well though. Yeah. So one thing I have to say about squirrels just to loop <laughs> loop right uh, back into the lobster thing just for a minute so and you have got to remember this the first time so the squirrel gate was the second time the squirrels came in um I'm basically snow white with all these Disney animals in my yard trying to come into my house and live with me and um the first time that the squirrels came one squirrel in particular who I've named chunkers um so he he was inside my house he jumped out from behind my toilet and scared the living daylights out of me I called Ron and Ron came over and, and I am telling you, Ron never needs to get me another birthday gift, a Christmas gift, nothing literally ever for the rest of my life, because he caught the squirrel in my bedroom all on his own. He like literally came over here. He caught the squirrel. He got the squirrel out of my house. And for that, he literally wins everything forever and ever and ever. Like Ron's the best. That's like the most romantic thing anyone has ever done for me. <laughs> squirrel removal. <laughs> remove a squirrel that ran into my bedroom. 
Um, what would you all say about, are there any topics that are off limits in the group chat? No, no, no. I don't think so. I feel like we talk about everything and I feel like the men that I date know that we talk about everything. (laughs) (laughs) The current guy I'm dating definitely like, are you going to tell them this in the group chat? Like, is this making it back there? Like, what did they think about it? Like when we reconnected, his first question is like, how did how did Heather feel about this conversation? I was like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend has learned to just ask and be like, okay, so how are Laura and Kristen doing today? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows, like he knows, oh, yeah. like it's all going back there. Anything he tells me is coming back to the group chat, and I'm sorry, that's just how it is. And if you don't like it, we'll we can pretend that's not happening, but it's not going to stop <laughs> it by any means. Well, it's also like what we talked about in other episodes of like where you bring in your bananas and being able to bring it to the group chat and know that like I don't need to bring all of these things to my romantic partner or there are things that I probably wouldn't tell other people in my life in quite the same way. And like if I'm having a moment or whatever, like being able to just bring it to this group it just is better for everybody. Like, and then we all know everything that's going on. And then if something like this comes up again, you all can be like, remember we dealt with this or we talked about this, or you were feeling like this before, or or that context for like relationships and you all, no one in this group forgets anything, which is very important too. So it's like, hi, like you felt like this before, or you said this before, or it seems like you're not happy or we're noticing this trend. Like everybody remembers everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the reason that, because I think sometimes like that factor can go negative or toxic, but for us, it's always been very positive because I think what makes that work is none of us are judgmental or trying to con- like tell yeah. each other what to do. It's just, Hey, remember this, or this is what I'm noticing. You do what you feel like you need to do. You know, like there's no, I, I don't think any, or well, I'll speak for myself. I, I think y'all would agree. I don't think there's any element of, oh, I've got to bring that back to the group chat and they're going to see I screwed it up again. Like that, oh. that's just not our dynamic at all whatsoever. No. And I think that's what makes it work. Like we're very candid, but there's no judging and there's no trying to control mm-hmm. each other or being mad, you know, if someone doesn't do what we think they should. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. do often know that you guys might call me on something like if I, if I do bring something back, just because I know that like, I know what you're going to see and, and say, and I know that I'm going to get honest, you know, feedback and commentary. And that's why we talk about these things. Like if I didn't want that, I wouldn't, you know, bring things up in the group, but I, I tend to know what, um you know, might get honed in on. <laughs> well, and then you'll come with, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Or yep, then if yep. you break out with, I'm fine. And they're like, okay, we need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Laura's getting mad at us. <laughs> Funny. Mm-hmm. It really is though. Like just saying what you were saying earlier, like it really is such a good place to bring your bananas. Like when you're in early dating with someone, you're like, I don't know what's going on. Or you're having really big feelings and you know, it's not productive to necessarily bring it to the person that you're dating. That's the other thing I learned. Like your world is more than the person you're in a relationship with. It's also mm-hmm. your close friends and your family. And, and it doesn't all have to go to the same person. And that was a big lesson too, with all of y'all, especially well, think- in early dating days when I legit was figuring so much out at the same time. Well, I think there's also that piece of understanding communication. And I think often, and you think about good communication in relationships is telling them literally everything, which is like not, that's not what it is. It's understanding 
what you bring to that person and it's understanding what you have other support systems for. Like we, I think we talked about in a past episode of, um, I can't remember what the topic was, but we were talking about that person that needs to, you know, everybody needs their support system and it can't all be your romantic partner. Like you need to understand what fits in what space. Yeah. I actually, I think Thirsty actually started in our group chat, this like three-way group chat. And then somehow we told Kristen straight off the bat, you're not allowed. (laughs) So mean. I know. Real talk, Kristen. Like, did you, did you want to be pulled into weekly recording sessions with us? (laughs) Oh, I mean, it's, I, I obviously I'm your, the number one fan of all, and I'm so happy. I just didn't know again what I could say because of the lobster situation. <laughs> Ron really ruined things for you on that with your podcast career front. I know all of the dating apps you could have been swiping on all of these oh. years. So missed you missed out. Yeah, I'm. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful. Yeah. All right. To wrap us up, why are female friendships so powerful? I think like, because we can really understand each other, but yeah, there's just something about, I don't know. We, we can understand all the things that we face and what we have to go through and what we've been through. And, and even though we have our own separate lives, you know, there's, there's definitely so much that happens, um, on like a similar theme that we can connect over. Yeah. I definitely feel like there's this ability to be your authentic self, at least within, you know, our friendships. Um, I could, like we talked about, I can share all of my messy parts, um, things I'm worried about, but then also like goals and successes and all of the positive sides too. And I, again, Kristen, I agree. Like, I feel like we are just able to connect on all of those levels. Yeah. I mean, I really look at, at you all as role models for me in certain ways. Like you know, there are things so much I have learned from both of you all that I'm so grateful to have, you know, been in a front row seat for, and, you know, the, mm-hmm. so many lessons that I've learned from watching you all. I think having a strong friendship community with other women, especially women that have gone through the divorce process, it reminds you that you're strong. You know, it reminds you of what you're capable of because they're right there cheering for you because we all want what's best for each other. We want each other to succeed. We want each other to be happy. We're right there rooting for each other. And I think they also challenge you in all the best ways. And I'm really grateful and thankful for all of it. Yeah, same, same. I mean, who else are you going to call about squirrel in your wall other than Ron? (laughs) (laughs) Ron's the true hero here. (laughs) Can't believe he caught, and he caught it. He caught that squirrel in like a half an hour, you guys. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. It literally, like, to me, it's like, forget the romance novel. Like, have a man come catch a squirrel in your house. And, like, there you go. Chunkers, That's get out need. of here. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> all right, y'all. Kristen, thank you so much for, for coming on today. It has been, we're so glad to introduce you to all our friends. Whenever we say the friend who's not allowed on the podcast because she's in love with her lobster, that is Kristen. You've now <laughs> met her. You know who she is. And she is a delight. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye. Still thirsty? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Because sometimes life leaves you wanting just a little bit more.